Hello and welcome to the Chemistry Made Simple podcast. I'm your host Matthew Macario and this is the podcast where you get chemistry confident and ready to achieve that grade A. This episode we're going to be talking about ionic bonding. We'll be talking about what is ionic bonding and how does it happen. We'll talk about the compound types you get from ionic bonding. We'll talk about the general characteristics and properties of ionic compounds too. So what is ionic bonding? Well, it's the kind of bonding that happens between a metal and a non-metal. It happens where there is an exchange of electrons. Metal atoms will lose one or more electrons and the non-metal atoms will gain those electrons. When electrons are lost or gained, those atoms form ions. The metal atoms that lose electrons become positively charged ions or cations. The non-metal atoms that are gaining electrons become negatively charged and they're called anions. And because the cations and the anions are oppositely charged and the ionic bond is that attraction between the cations and anions that's attracting them together. Now in your exam question or your assignments you may well be expected to draw a dot and cross diagram to illustrate what is happening in an ionic bond or in an ionic compound. And when you do that, remember please that we use the dots to show the electrons that originated from one atom and crosses to show the electrons that originated from the other atom. I'd recommend brushing up on drawing dot and cross diagrams and how to represent the electrons that originated from the different atoms. Usually you'll only be expected to do this for fairly simple examples. And let's consider a few simple examples. The most common simple example that we always consider is sodium chloride. Now, sodium is an atom that has one electron in its outer shell. It's from group one. It's a metal. Chlorine atoms have seven electrons in their outer shell. They're non-metals. In the case of sodium chloride, the sodium atom transfers an electron to the chlorine atom. So the sodium becomes a one plus ion, a cation, and the chlorine becomes chloride, a one minus ion, an anion. And because the sodium and the chlorine are oppositely charged, they're attracted to each other. And hence we get an ionic compound, sodium chloride. Let's move on one small step to an ionic compound where more than one electron is transferred. So magnesium oxide. Magnesium is our metal. Oxygen, of course, is our non-metal. Magnesium has two electrons in its outer shell. So it's going to transfer two electrons to oxygen it will become an Mg2 plus ion. Oxygen had six electrons in its outer shell. It gains the two from magnesium to give it its full outer shell of eight. Therefore, it becomes oxide, a two minus oxygen ion. Like our previous example, the positive ion and the negative ion are attracted to each other. That is the ionic bond that holds it all together. Okay, let's go one step further and talk about the situation where we have a metal that has two electrons in the outer shell and a non-metal that only wants one electron. So we're going to talk about magnesium chloride. The magnesium atom has two electrons in its outer shell. A chlorine atom has seven electrons in its outer shell. It only wants one more to give it a full outer shell. In fact, it's only got space for that one extra electron. It can't take both electrons from the magnesium atom. So what happens? Well, the magnesium atom transfers one electron to each of two chlorine atoms. So it does lose both its electrons and it becomes the Mg2 plus ion. 
Meanwhile, we formed two one minus chloride ions. Again, we have positive and negative charges, and that's why the magnesium and the chloride ions attract each other and again bond this together as a compound. Of course, that is why we end up with the formula MgCl2. There's one magnesium for every two chlorine atoms in that compound. And these are the sort of examples that you would be expected to explain or to draw a dot and cross diagram to illustrate your understanding of it. There are, of course, some ionic compounds that are an exception to what I said earlier on. Nearly all ionic compounds are between a metal and a non-metal, but there are exceptions. For example, our cation can be the ammonium ion, which has got no metals in it. It's the NH4 plus ion. And of course, our anion, our negative ion, doesn't have to be a simple anion. It could be a more complex anion, for example, a sulfate or a carbonate ion, which you might call a complex ion. Our ammonium is still a positively charged ion. Our sulfate is a negatively charged ion, and they will still have an ionic bond between them. Extremely unlikely you'll be expected to do a dot and cross diagram for the sort of bonding that involves a cation that's not a metal or an anion that's not a simple non-metal. So what are the properties of ionic compounds? Well, they're solids at room temperature. Ionic bonding is a strong form of bonding, so it takes significant energy to break down that bonding. Hence, ionic compounds tend to have high melting points. A common question you'll be asked about is the conducting of electricity. So ionic compounds in their solid state don't conduct electricity because the ions are in a fixed position. They cannot move past each other. But if we melt them so that the ions can move past each other, then they do conduct electricity. If we dissolve them in water, if we make them an aqueous solution, we can pass a current through that solution. The ions in that situation are free to move past each other. And this is a favourite question of examiners. So it's definitely worth committing to memory that solid ionic compounds don't conduct electricity, but molten or aqueous ionic compounds are able to conduct electricity. So what have we talked about today? Well, we've talked about ionic bonds being between positive and negative ions, and usually that is a metal and a non-metal. We talked about one or two examples. We talked about ions being formed by the transfer of electrons. That is the way that the atoms share their electrons. They organize their electrons so that they get to that more stable situation. That situation of having a full outer shell of electrons. We talked through a few examples as well. Sodium chloride, magnesium oxide and magnesium chloride. And then we talked about the general properties of ionic compounds. That they're always solid at room temperature. They have high melting points and we've mentioned why and that they don't conduct electricity in the solid state, but they can and do conduct electricity when molten or when dissolved in water. So that brings us to the end of this episode. Apologies if you could hear my dog snoring in the background. I hope he hasn't distracted too much. In the next episode, we're going to be talking about covalent bonding, which is really quite different. So I look forward to speaking to you then. If you've enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend about it. Really appreciate it if you do that. So I'm looking forward to talking to you soon about covalent bonding. And until then, look after yourself and goodbye.